what is the ultimate relationship? Is it the spouse of your dreams? A minivan full of kids? No, it's friends, obviously. That's why I spoke with Kat Bellows, author, speaker, and friendship expert, about why friendships between child-free people are so important and how we can have more of these supportive relationships in our lives. And this is the Spinster Life Podcast, the podcast that will be there for you. And I'm your host, Amy, a child-free spinster who stopped dating, rediscovered my relationship with myself, and now I help other single, child-free women live their best single, child-free lives. I'm so thrilled to share my conversation with Kat. The topic of child-free friendship has been bouncing around in my brain for over a year, and I wanted to make sure that I did it justice because kids and spouses are positioned as the only remedy for loneliness. But they're not. Even for people in relationships, friendships are so important. But I'm going to let Kat tell you more. Kat, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to discuss friendships and especially child-free friendships with you. Indeed, indeed. Thank you so much for having me on this show. I'm really happy to be here. So Kat, tell us a little bit about you, about your expertise, and why you talk about friendship and why it's so important to you. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who don't know me, hello, my name is Kat Velos. I'm the author of this book, We Should Get Together, The Secret to Cultivating Better Friendships. And what I do is I help people make and maintain friendships in adulthood. And uh, when I wrote the book back in like, well, 2015 to 2019, basically, I was researching and writing it because I found that adult friendship had become really surprisingly difficult, particularly within like the 30s age range. And I refused to accept that it should just be difficult. And so I set about researching and writing a book about how to make it better and easier for folks. And that came out in January 2020. And ever since then, that's actually been the focus of my work is helping people in a variety of ways, whether it's one-on-one coaching, group programs, workshops, doing keynote talks, things like that, a a wide variety of ways to get this information to people so that they can have an easier and more successful time with friendship during adulthood. It's such important work. It's such an important topic, uh, especially coming from the perspective of someone who writes about the experience of being single because we put such an outsized importance on romantic relationships mm-hmm. and friendships tend to be these sort of like casual things and like you're very right we don't have a lot of books or resources you're just like friendship is supposed to be easy but it's any relationship is going to have challenges and especially child-free friendships because there's a lot of things that change in a friendship once you introduce kids and what, once people start like getting married and coupling up and having kids, all of these little things are, are these sort of obstacles to maintaining a good friendship. So yeah, let's let's get into it. One reason I really wanted to have you on the show is because you have hosted events to matchmake child-free people with other child-free people to maintain these friendships. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that first? Yeah, so platonic matchmaking is a service that I offer only a a couple times a year. Next year I might do a few more, Um, but I do it in a group setting. And so basically it's a combination of a workshop along with some platonic matchmaking slash speed dating. And unlike speed dating events where people might go and then it's just kind of like a random room of people and you don't know who you're going to sit down and chat with, I've hand-selected every single person for you based on compatibility around the things that you say you're looking for in a friend and what they say they're looking for in a friend. I started doing this back in like 2020, 2021, and over time, I got more and more requests from folks who were in a certain demographic who really wanted help finding other people 
that they match with. And one of these was child-free. So I will clarify, like, at the beginning, and I still sometimes have some of these, it's kind of like, you know, anyone over 18 can come, anyone of any lifestyle, whether they're parents or not parents or whatnot, any location. But my most recent um, edition of the event, which was this fall, was the one for child-free millennial and Gen Xers. And it ended up being also, like, all women and non-binary folks at that gathering, although there will usually it's all genders. And um, it was really born out of this request from child-free folks who were like, hey, we want to meet other child-free folks. And I think that request and that need and desire is there because often they're the ones who are left out. Like, And I'm child-free. I'm very open about that on, online, <laughs> um, about the fact that that's like a choice that I made for my life. And it's becoming less stigmatized. Like I think for a long time, people were like, oh, well, what's wrong with people who don't want to have kids? And like, nothing's wrong with us. Um, but as it's becoming more known and acceptable as like a perfectly good way to live a life, it's becoming also then more acceptable for people to raise their hand and be like, I want to meet other people that I have this thing in common with too. The same way people want to meet other people if they're, uh, if they do, if they are parents, there's nothing wrong with parents saying, I want to make friends with other parents, right? I want play dates for my no. kids. So why can't we right. say we want to make friends with other people who aren't parents, right? Right. Why are these friendships with other child-free people so important? I mean, you know, you said there, there were just like this, this huge demand. There's so many people who were like asking you, to facilitate this. Why is this such an important part of friendship? Of having the child-free thing in common? Yeah. Well, or I mean, even having the parent thing in or common. Or the parent thing in common. I think it's because when your life looks a certain way, particularly around this decision to be a parent or not, it dramatically impacts a lot of other areas of your life. So it impacts your availability, it impacts your willingness to get involved in certain kinds of activities, like even if you're able to or not. It impacts the, honestly, like disposable income like that people have to like take trips or do things together. Like it's affected by whether you have kids or not. And there's also a deeper need, which is this sense to be understood by other people that are going through the same kinds of experiences you are, whether that's parenthood or not parenthood. And so being relatable to each other it's going to be understood in, in a much more deep way if you both are in kind of the same boat, you know? And so I think that's why forever parents have understood the need and desire to meet with other parents and have them as part of their life. Like imagine how lonely and isolating parenthood would feel if you were like the only parent in your town, right? Or like the only parent in your, yeah. your social circle. That'd be that'd be weird, right? You'd feel a little left out. You'd want to know, you know other people. And in the same way for people who are child-free by choice and and clear about that they don't just want to be kind of floating out there like where's waldo they also want to know who are the other people who made this choice who feel the same way who have similar priorities who can relate to their life and aren't going to be asking them annoying questions about like so when are you going to have a baby <laughs> never that's that's the question you're never going to be asked if you know you're with people who are child free on purpose right and you're going to be able to express some of the things that you that you feel more openly than mm -hmm. with parents because I know sometimes parents feel attacked. That's maybe one experience I've had. Like it's a castigation of parenthood if you say, I don't want kids instead yeah. of taking it as a personal choice. I will say too, just from making content online yeah. and having people, some people respond negatively, of course, but some people respond very positively and they're like, oh my God, thank you so much for saying this. I feel the same way. It's It, it makes you feel better about this once you know uncommon weird choice 
and makes it more acceptable. I remember signing up for like a dating and like online online dating profile many years ago and I would always check the maybe box and they're like, do you want kids? And maybe because it felt like I, ca I can't like expose this part of myself. Mm -hmm. I, like this is, it's too much. Like it's, it's, nobody wants to know that about me. It's a secret that I have to keep. Mm. I have to keep it hush hush and keep it tucked away that like, I definitely don't want kids. And, and I just, it's so weird for, to me that like I felt that way now, but I do hope that in being more vocal about it mm -hmm. um, and searching out more people, making connections with more people that are child free, that yeah. we're just like normalizing, that it's an absolutely valid choice that you can make mm -hmm. and that it's a good choice to make and that it doesn't, it doesn't have to mean that you die alone or that you're lonely or that your life lacks purpose or that you're selfish, any of these labels that get put upon child-free by choice people. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, 100% agree with all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely had, it just come up in conversation randomly a few times this past year mm -hmm. and it just like it's it feels so good that little spark of recognition like I see you you get you get at least part of my life yeah yeah and that's an important part of friendship is to feel that I get you thing and to know that they get you and you don't have to explain it you're not going to be judged for it you know and if you if they do ask questions it's going to be from a place of like beneficial curiosity or like benevolent curiosity I mean uh where yes. it's like they're curious but you go into the question knowing that they are not judging you negatively for whatever your reasons or answers may be. Right. They want to get to know more about you and your decision. Right. It's not like, well, why? Well, why are what's why wrong not? with kids? Why are you yeah. child free? They're like, they're asking like, why? Why are? Why are you child free? I like, yeah. I know why I am. I want to hear about like, I want to hear about your child free life. Yeah, and that's a really really sweet thing to get to share. In the same way that like people who join like new moms groups or whatever would love to hear like tell me your birth story or whatever and like that's an audience yeah. that really wants to hear that story and that's like not everybody <laughs> what else do these friendships with other child-free people give us um that they that as child-free people we might not be able to get anywhere else mm -hmm. well one big thing is time and with that I, I kind of put a little asterisk on that of like caveat being like even when you're child-free, it's your choice to use your time any way that you want. Like a common misconception is that people that are child-free just like have endless amounts of time that's available to other people, like at the disposal of anybody who wants it, and that is not true. Um, but you do generally have more time because your life is not oriented around the needs and chauffeuring and care and supervision of one or more multiple small humans. And so in that way, there's the potential at least for more availability for things like cultivating friendship and community because in in the book when I was researching this topic of like what really gets in the way of people having the kinds of friendships that they want in adulthood or the depth of friendships or as many friendships as they want and it's really four things so one is time right feeling too busy for friendship the other is hypermobility which is moving from place to place, whether it's uh, from town to town or your friends move or you move or you're moving around because you're commuting a lot and you don't have time. The third is relationships and parenthood. <laughs> so that obviously eats away the attention for, for friendship and community. And the fourth is difficulty establishing intimacy. And so when you remove parenthood from the um, like plane of things that might occupy your time and attention, it frees up like basically two 
or if and if you're single, I will say it frees up one, but probably two of those four really big, big challenges for adult friendship and community. And so with that, um, often what I hear as well from people in the in my reader community or who come for coaching is like they feel kind of like it's impossible to get time with their friends who are parents. But it's a lot easier to get time with their friends who are child free or who are intentionally child free and looking to spend more time together. And so that's a huge, huge benefit because all we really have is our time and how we use it is often what determines the trajectory of our entire life. And so having more control and agency over how you use your time and how much of it you have is a huge benefit. And I think it's one of the commonalities that I see in people who are child free and and what they hope to share in their child free friendships is like, are you available? Will you be able to see me in less than 18 weeks? <laughs> yeah. Right. A common frustration that child-free people who, who do have friends who are parents have is that they'll have to cancel at the last minute because something came up with their kids and now they have yep. to parent. And of course they do. Of, of like, course. Right. Of course. Of course they do. But that doesn't make it any less frustrating for the person on the other side that feeling of your time not being respected, uh, I feel like that does come up. I think you alluded to it earlier. Like it's just because you don't have kids, obviously you have you have so much time. Because if you're not raising kids, then like obviously you're not doing anything else. Um, kind of a <laughs> <laughs> frustrating fallacy. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely frustrating fallacy. Um, and, yeah. and that's why I include that caveat to say just because you don't have children doesn't mean that your time is just endlessly disposable to other people or that you're not allowed to spend it in any way that you want or that the ways that you spend it are any less valuable or any less meaningful or any less purposeful than people who are spending it on parenting. It's just right. different different lives, different choices. Yeah. And it feels isolating because like you can't, there's nothing you can say to that. You can't say, oh, you love your kids more than me. Of course they do. <laughs> I didn't, I wouldn't, and I wouldn't say more. I would say differently. Differently, sure. Like it's differently. a priority yeah. in a different way. Like it's it's more than one person's life that needs to be considered in that decision matrix. And that's totally understandable. Right. I get it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But yes, but then the child-free do seem to sort of fall by the wayside. Like it's sort of the hierarchy is like kid, parent, child-free person is kind of not even like under the hierarchy and sort of like to the side. I would say in that hierarchy, it's not even just child-free person, but it's just like friends, period. Like that's that's a common, common refrain is that once, you know, folks get into parenthood, like there's just not as much time <clears throat> for friendship. And so friends often do get pushed to, you know, kind of an outside ring where there's less contact, less frequency, less interaction. Um, and it's just a part of what happens because we only have so much time and attention. That happens with with romantic relationships. I was just that. about to say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. In fact, um, the research of Dr. Robin Dunbar has found that when somebody gets into a romantic relationship, it typically leads to the loss of two friendships. And it doesn't mean that there was like a breakup or a massive blowout or anything like that. By loss, what it means is that they, as the as the romantic partner ends up taking up more of that person's time and attention, the energy that they would have put into maintaining two other friendships is now pulled away. And so those people end up migrating out to like the outer, the next outer ring of connection, which is where less intimate friendships live. And um, and so if you think about, well, if getting in a romantic relationship means like, okay, like 
one to two friendships are just gonna like slowly fizzle and fade into this like outside ring then there's like a baby and it's like okay so like if each new additional like priority person who enters that inner ring comes up what does that mean then for each friend who then has to get sidelined so that this priority relationship of the parent of the partner or the kid can like take that attention it's like what is that doing to friendship unless somebody is actively taking steps to re-invite reinvigorate and like purposely bring those things in because otherwise they're just going to fall to the wayside yeah i am gobsmacked by that mm-hmm. bit of research and that statistic it's fascinating and a little depressing yeah and, um it is unless yeah. you think about it as a like a yellow light right which is just like a caution light and it's like hey you're coming up to something you might want to slow down you might want to pay attention you might want to be purposeful with your decisions here flashing yellow light because if we just kind of stumble through life without awareness of the likelihood for such things to occur then we just end up being um subject to unintended consequences unintentional like negligence and then what happens to your friendships what happens to your sense of community is it just kind of fades away and you wake up one day and you're like where are my friends why am i alone it's like yeah let's prevent that let's say keep your eyes open let's say pay attention to your surroundings and what's happening in your life and what choices might you need to make so that you don't end up just kind of confused and lonely one day Yeah. Yeah. I think there are there's certainly ways that people can maintain those friendships uh, definitely. while also sort of nav- navigating new relationships. You know, friendships do have seasons and sometimes you are much closer with someone and sometimes you drift apart a little bit. But yes, please tell us more about how like you can pick your relationship back up if you if you know that you do have to divert your attention mm-hmm. somewhere else. Yeah, definitely. There are ways to do that. And and since you asked, I'll just I'll say like in the book, it's not just about like, oh, woe is me. Here's all these problems. And like, let's be sad. It's a book about solutions and it's a book for people who want to take action. So if you identify the problem you're dealing with, there's dozens and dozens of actions that you can take based on your personality, your preference, your budget, your timeline, whatever. That's like, here's things that you can do if you're dealing with this problem. Right. So it's like, solutions to get you past that block so it's not i just want to clarify it's not just about (laughs) problems um (laughs) but it will help you understand your problems and feel less alone in them and with that said you know if this is something that you are finding that is an issue for you you might want to take some active steps so one of them we talked about earlier which is like if you wake up and you're like wow i want more friends and i wish they were child free interesting that's a filter that you can apply in any setting where you might be meeting other friends whether it's in an app in a club at an event at a workshop at an event for people who read books about being child free at uh instagram and like posts from like different accounts that are about being child free like there are gathering places both virtually and in the real world where you can connect with other people who have this in common with you and who want to meet you too so it's not just like you're stuck. (laughs) There's like lots and lots of things that you can do. I mean, one of them you already mentioned, which is putting in your profile in your dating app. And you can do this on the friendship apps like BFF and stuff too, which is to say in your profile, be really clear and upfront about the fact that you don't have kids, you never want kids, or you don't plan to ever want kids. And you want to meet other people who are like that. That is going to let other people who feel the same way know that they can approach you and that that's something that you're already going to have in common. 
It doesn't have to be a secret. You don't have to be coy about it. Just put it out there. <laughs> the same way you would be like, I want to meet people who want to go hiking or whatever it is. That You don't have to be shy about that. You don't have to wait till like the third date to mention that. Just put it there. <laughs> Let people know. That is one reason that I do what I do. So people are more comfortable just putting it out there. Mm-hmm. It's okay to, to, be, to be vocal about it or just to be able to mention it candidly, offhandedly. Like, yep, I'm child-free. We've already talked about solutions. So let's back up a little bit and let's... Um, Let's just make sure that we've covered totally, like, why it might even be hard to make child-free friends um, in the first place. Hmm. Well, one of the reasons is certainly the society that we live in and the fact that there's kind of this underlying assumption that everybody's going to have kids, which, by the way, is totally not sustainable for the life of our planet. So... No, it is not. <laughs> There's that problem of uh, we already have overpopulation of an entirely stressed planet. So there's a lot of reasons. But uh, but we do live in a society and a culture that kind of assumes that everybody's going to want to have a kid. I don't know why. I mean, yes, we need procreation to like further the species <laughs> and like not totally sure. die out. Um, but that assumption is just there that everybody's going to want that. Um And I think because that assumption is there, that's the biggest reason why it might be hard to find other child-free people or to even identify each other is because random group of strangers assumption is like, oh, all these people are going to want to have kids or something. Um, And changing that assumption and and, uh, expectation in our society is happening. And I find that that's encouraging and useful (laughs) but it's just going to take time it's going to take time until that's no longer the blanket assumption and instead it's more of an open-ended question of like oh do you want to have kids or not have kids and knowing that any answer is acceptable for that oh that will be a great a great day it is uh has always been funny to me that things like voting are Mm opt-in and having kids is kind of opt out (laughs) and it maybe should be the other way around like you should have to opt out of voting and you should opt in to having kids oh my god voting should be mandatory okay like yes opt out would be a step in the right direction but really everybody (laughs) should be required to vote regardless yeah one reason i'm child free is because like i look at parenting and i say i am not equipped for that so for me to have to opt out of something that I shouldn't have been opted into in the first place (laughs) is the comments like um you'll understand when you have kids we can just remove those from uh from just common phrases that people say Mm -hmm. yeah would be a good step in the right direction as well I'm here for it I vote for that (laughs) you have my vote Amy Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I will update you on the uh, full platform <laughs> as it as it emerges. <laughs> Sounds great. Send it over. <laughs> Why do you think it's hard to find child-free friends? Yeah, I think it's hard to find child-free friends because it is not mainstream yet. There are a minority of us who are very vocal, but I think that there are fewer gathering places mm-hmm. for child-free people. They're harder to find if you are newer to the community mm-hmm. it might not be a, like 100% clear on on where to find other child free people you might even feel like you're like you're the only one like you invented it i'm in la i'm in a major city and there are some child free meetups but there are not an abundance of them well that to me sounds like an opportunity 
for somebody who right? wants to make child-free <laughs> friends is like, wow, not a lot of competition for meetups, not a lot of competition for like events you might want to throw, which means you're probably likely to get a good amount of uptake from people who see or hear about that. And you might have to work harder to reach them because it's yes. not mainstream, right? Um, and if you do have to work harder to reach them, fine. But chances are they're probably going to be really excited to hear about that and to get invited to that because it's not happening for them every single day. It's not like every Friday night there's a child-free like, hangout. And so if you want to yeah. host one or extend an invitation to some or have a discussion circle or a book group about it, whatever it is, you're going to have probably an audience of people who want to share that with you because there's not a whole lot of other opportunities for that. That is a great point. Um, and there are so many ways to yeah. host an event. Mm -hmm. So many websites, so many apps mm -hmm. that make it easier to promote, that make it easier to like manage your attendance. So Definitely. Um, that's a good point. I think I'm putting that on my to-do list. Do it, Amy. Tell me about it when you do it. Okay, when you do it, you have to tell me because at my Here to Make Friends event, this last fall one, which was the child-free event, there were a number of people there from L.A. who, hello, want to meet other people in L.A. where I've heard it can be challenging to make friends. Um, and they're child-free and they want to meet other folks. So if you do this, you have to tell me so I can spread the word. I will. I will. I absolutely will. Yay. <laughs> Things are happening. Yes. Um, I'm going to add one more reason that I think that mm -hmm. it might be harder to make child-free friends. I think it might be some of that internalized shame that makes it harder for people to want to reach out and create a community around this thing that they might find shameful because I think that is part of those societal expectations that like everyone's going to have a child especially as a child-free woman there mm -hmm. are a lot of those outdated like well a woman a woman's body is meant to reproduce and then so therefore if you are a woman and you don't want kids like you must be broken somehow oh, yeah i mean other people's flawed thinking is not your source of shame it doesn't need to be your source of shame just because other people have really outdated ideas or assumptions or expectations and you can take pride in being a person who knows what you want and is willing to create a life in line with your own principles i 100 percent, 1000 percent agree with that i think that that does set the child free apart that we have thought so much about being child free and what it means to be a parent mm -hmm. i don't think you can get to the decision i'm child free without thinking through what your life as a parent would look like yeah the ultimate decision to be child free mm -hmm. means that so you've made pros and cons lists you've really debated um internally maybe even going outside yourself and, and asking some other people um which i guess that's a really great reason to have child-free friends is, is that they're very thoughtful this. intentional people <laughs> they're very thoughtful intentional people um and that you can have these conversations if you are still wondering if it's the right choice for you to talk to people who've done it and who know a lot about it yeah that's a, yeah. yeah, that's a really beautiful right. point around the thoughtfulness and the intentionality, the purposefulness, the the pros, cons, you know, being willing to <laughs> see something from multiple angles and, and make a really um, intentional decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. This is not, I, don't, I didn't take this lightly. I don't think most child-free people took this lightly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great point, Amy. Thanks for mentioning that. Thank you. 
Thank you. Let's discuss how to maintain these friendships. Are there any differences in maintaining? Well, I'm going to guess no, but by you're no. the friendship expert, so I'd love you to contradict me. If there are any differences in maintaining friendships with other child-free people than there are just with friendships in general. I would say no. Your guess is correct. I wouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> like, sorry, sorry to not provide a um, wonderfully controversial clip for YouTube, but no. Like, the, the answer okay. is not that it's like dramatically different. Um, yeah. As far as maintaining your friendships with other child-free people, is the same as you would maintain your friendships with anybody else. Are you showing up with dedication? Are you dropping the ball when they leave the ball in your court to reach back out again? Are you? Um, consistent with your word when you say you're going to do something do you follow through and do it um do you offer the other person like positivity do you offer them encouragement are you offering like emotional support as well as like there's emotional intangible there's all these different kinds of ways that we support each other you know the things that you would do in any friendship with anybody regardless of their parenting status is the same things you would do with your child free friends so i don't think there's like some secret room we're gonna unlock and i'm gonna find like <laughs> other things in there it's like no like this is just how you maintain healthy friendships in general which is sort of like reassuring that you know there's there's no there's no secret code to unlock no, just be a good friend regardless of your friend's parenthood status and, and you they will probably think of you as a great friend either way. <laughs> yes. Speaking of being a great friend, please remind us of the title of your book. Oh, yeah. It's called We Should Get Together, The Secret to Cultivating Better Friendships. Um, and, you know, it's that thing that everybody says, at least here on the West Coast, people say, oh, yeah, we should get together. It was so nice meeting you. We should get together. And then like, nothing happens. Um, and so this is taking that like very common phrase that people say, which they often just say when they want to say, it was nice meeting you, or you seem like a really nice person. Instead of saying that, there's often this kind of like curious, vague invitation. And I'm saying, no, really, we should get together because that's how we're going to end our loneliness epidemic for one thing and actually create the friendships that we say that we want to have in our lives is by following through, see each other, get together, be in touch, build your friendship, those kinds of things. So if anybody wants to follow up with me, um, I'm at wesshouldgettogether.com. And I have all kinds of good things there. There's a newsletter, there's events, there's workshops. Um, I'm on social media, but I really want to not be on it. So the best way to find me is really on my newsletter and at my website. <laughs> um, so look for me there. Wonderful. Um, thank you so much for this conversation. This was amazing. Yeah, thanks for having uh, me. Are you going to be hosting any any events in the upcoming year? Yes, definitely. So kicking off the start of the year is the Platonic Action Lab, which is a boot camp course to help you make friends in your local area. So it's a hyper-local and hyper-specific challenge. And um, it's going to be super fun. That's January and February. And then from March and forward, going to be hosting some more sessions of Here to Make Friends, which again is my platonic matchmaking event. If you want to come to that, whether it's for the Child Free event or the Guys event or the like West Coast event, hop over to my website, vote on the um, session that you want to come to, add your name and email, and I will let you know when tickets go on sale. I highly recommend people take advantage of these. Cat runs some great events. Um, once again, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time and your insights. Um, this was this was such a great conversation. Thanks so much for having me, and thank you for the work that you do to destigmatize lives uh, free of parenthood or relationships or whatever it might be. 
um, any any life choice is a valid one. So thanks for what you're doing. Thank you. Subscribe to the Substack newsletter and get new episodes of the podcast and much more in your inbox. Follow me on Instagram at Living the Spinster Life and on YouTube.